Imagine a world where everything you do, from meeting your friends to using a public toilet, is recorded. Based on your actions, ranging from what you buy to where you go, you are given a score similar to the way you rate an Uber drive. If the government believes what you do is socially beneficial, the score will increase, and if not, the score will decrease. If you critique the government, buy alcohol or play games, your score decreases. And when your score is low, you won't be allowed to travel, your children would be barred from applying to high school, you would be fired from your job, and the best part, you would be publicly shamed. Joe Aini is retired, but when her town was brought into a new government program, her services were required. Now, she gets paid about 50 bucks a month to watch and record the lives of her 3,000 neighbors as one of six so-called information collectors. Like it or not, the world is going digital. Almost everything you use, everything you consume, and everything you collect will be digitized sooner or later. And that has huge implications for all of us. Now, a purely digital currency is also the key to negative interest rates. You may have heard a bit about those, but that just means you will pay for the privilege of keeping your virtual money or your digital money in a digital bank. And I don't mean like an account fee that's fixed every month or, or an annual fee. Instead of you getting interest from the bank, you'll actually be paying them interest for the benefit of them having your digital currency on their servers. The theory behind this is that it will motivate people to spend rather than save, and hence it's going to stimulate the economy. And this is why governments are so desperate for it, because in a cashless society, there's nowhere to run. You cannot withdraw your money. You cannot hide it at home under your mattress or in your sock drawer to preserve your purchasing power. It is one step closer to the economic serfdom that I keep warning you about and I'll continue to warn you. But I think uh, sooner or later you have to bring in an element of persuasion, an element of, of getting people to consent to what is happening to them. Well, it seems to me that the, the nature of the ultimate revolution with which we are now faced is precisely this, uh, that we are in process of developing a whole series of techniques which uh, will enable the controlling oligarchy, who have always existed and presumably always will exist, uh, to get people actually to love their servitude. Welcome, everybody. I am Big D. It's good to have you along on this midweek edition. And it's uh, time to go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> Been doing a lot of thinking. Um, wow. So much going on. The perpetuation of the massive global COVID lies. A lot of controversy. And really, really, oh, uh, you've got to stick around. Um, I have uh, news on the vaccines that you will want to hear. Um, big, big news. Lots of crazy stuff going on with that. Um, but in thinking about this, the episode this week, 
where we're going to dive down the rabbit hole into what I think, well, it's coming. It just, and it doesn't matter where you're at in the world. I know we have listeners in Australia, we have listeners in England, in Canada, all over the U.S., and, and many, many parts of the world. And hey, hi, everybody. I hope you're doing well. I really do. And uh, what we're going to talk about today is it's a reality, it's actually happening, and it's coming our way. And in fact, I think, I, I do believe I could make a case that it's here, it's just in a slightly softer form. And one of the things I've been thinking about, one of the things I've noticed in this Great Reset, which we're in the middle of, you know, it's interesting, you know, the whole Great Reset, they put a book out, you have the World Economic Forum, they made a big splash, they they had got together at Davos, they put out all their objectives, they were already doing it. <laughs> we're in the middle of it. What, what we're seeing going on around the world, in, in our towns, in our nations, it's happening. Whether it will be completely successful, I think is it depends on us. Depends on how how much we let them. And and right now, it seems to me most people either don't recognize it. They're still calling it a conspiracy, and they're allowing it to just you know roll on. And it's it's frightening. It really is. But one of the things I was thinking about, and I noticed, is if you want to know who's really in charge. And I think this works on many planes, whether it's nationally, whether it's where you work, even in your even in the hierarchy of I would say your family. Find out who you can't criticize, who you're not allowed to criticize. That's who's in charge. And that is no um Nowhere more true than in China. And that's where we're going to kick off tonight because we're going to talk about, we're going to go down the rabbit hole on the Chinese credit score system, how it works, what it's all about, and how to prepare ourselves for when it comes here, if we can. Because China, the more I've gone down this rabbit hole, I, I, it, it, it's amazing to me that the people there don't absolutely rise up. But I do believe that they're in the prisoner's dilemma. Now, if you're not familiar with, with what the prisoner's dilemma is, prisoner's dilemma is uh, you have a prison that has two or 300 prisoners and like 20 guards. Two or 300 prisoners can overtake 20, gu 20 guards anytime, even with guns. The problem is the prisoners can't get together. They can't hatch a plan. And there's the trust factor. Do you are you really going to trust if you get a bunch of everybody together and then it's time to go and you one two three charge? Do you trust everybody to go with you? And that's the dilemma I believe the Chinese people are in. And it it's it's real. It, it, that's a real thing. Prisoners dilemma. Look it up. The Chinese credit score system is Orwellian, it's nightmarish, 
and it is it is massive big brother big brother on every single level and the the crazy thing is we do have some of it here and we are inviting it that's what i find amazing here and and, and i will explain that in in a moment but let's first let's just look into the chinese credit score system uh, score system it started, uh, the implementation started in 2014. And as of today, as of 2021, in China, they have 200 million surveillance cameras set up everywhere. Street corners, businesses, around your home, in your neighborhood, on the trains, on the planes, restaurants, Everywhere you go, every move you make, it's monitored. And monitored several different ways. Facial recognition, they have all kind of technology. They, 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 I was watching um, a video from China in one of the uh, rooms, in one of the, the massive surveillance rooms where they were tracking certain areas of the town. And as people walked by, the name of the person comes up, their credit score comes up, and all kind of information comes up on them. And when there were a multitude of people, they all they would tag them with a number, and then down below, each number would coordinate with the name and all the information. So it's instantaneous. So everything you do is under surveillance. How you look, how you talk, how you act where you're going, you know, are you walking the wrong way on the street? And there's, you know, cameras for traffic. It's insane. It's nuts. But what does that mean for the average citizen? Let's just say we're an average citizen in China and we have to get used to this system. How does it affect me on my daily life or in my daily life? Well, there, uh, we'll start at the top. The Everybody starts with a 1,000 credit, credits. So that's the baseline, 1,000 credits. That's where you start. Why? I don't know. That's, that's, that's how they decided it. Everybody starts with 1,000. Now, they have uh, letter ratings, just like, like we have in school, that coordinate with these points. So if you have 1,050-plus points, you are rated AAA, which means you are a model and credit of and and your credit of worthiness. That that's how they classify your model citizen and your credit of worthiness. If you are at the 1050, 1000 to ten fifty, you're a double A rating, and you're rated exceptional, and you have the exceptional credit of worthiness. Now, there's not a whole lot of difference between those two. The AAA rating gets, I think the biggest thing I found was that they get healthcare priority. So if they're, they're sick and they go to the hospital and you're sitting next to somebody who is a AA rating, they're going to take you in first. Doesn't matter if that other guy's been there or person's been there for an hour, you get priority. Now, along with this AAA and AA rating, you get all kinds of benefits such as you can travel, you can go to certain restaurants, you can buy certain things, 
can spend more time on the internet. You can go to the movies. You get all kinds of bonus with this uh, category right here. Category number two is broken down into A plus, A, and A minus. And in this is it's 960 to 1,029 points. And if you're an A plus, you get you basically get priority of school over the other two A and A minus. Again, there's not a whole lot of difference, but the but how you gain and lose points puts you up and down into these categories. So one day you could be an A plus and you don't take your trash out or you leave your trash can out too long and you get dock you get dock three points you may bounce right down to an a minus so day to day your credit score ch can change and it's it's linked to your cell phone so it's constantly updating right so if you drop down a little bit you've got to figure out a way if you need to stay in the a plus range or move up how to get up there so you have to do good things and make sure it's been seen uh, so in the B in the B range is a credit score of 850 to 959, and this is categorized as relatively credit worthy, and that means you need a little reeducation. So you're probably going to get a a visit from some of the, the the local leaders. So every neighborhood in every town. So every neighborhood has a, uh, I'll just call it a communist leader, and they're a watch person. They get paid. It's their job to keep tabs on their community, and they report to the the city head leader, and then that city to the you know, to the big wigs that are up at the top. So it's a chain system, obviously, and so you're sort of beholden to your local leader, and you need them to not see you do bad things. But you need for them also to see you do good things because they can override uh, your scoring system. So you're, if you're in the B range, you're probably going to get a visit, a couple of lectures, that, and you know, given some tips on how to you know up your score. They probably ask you, you know what's the problem, and not too much harassment. But if you drop into the B range, you're locked there for two years. It's basically a probation. So if you're at an A minus and you screw up and you drop down into the B range, you're there you're locked in for 2 years. So you have to not only do good things and build your credit score up, you're not going to move up for 2 years. So there's obviously incentive not to drop down there. Next one down is the C level, which your credit score is uh, between 600 and 849. Now we're getting into some trouble, to bad range as far as citizens go. Once you drop into the C range, you're locked in for three years. So you can't get out of the C range for three years. Now, the, here you are, you're going to get a, quite a few visits from officials. They're, they're probably, they're going to, they, now you're on the radar. They're, they're going to stop by often. They may even uh, send you to some sort of re-education classes like, that are mandatory. Um, they, uh, you're, oh, you get on a list for scrutiny, which basically means you 
move up in their book of who to watch. And your data goes to other communities around. So you're sort of on the, the naughty list. So if you went from your neighborhood to the next neighborhood to go to the store or go visit somebody and they see you, the camera picks you up, it alerts their local communist official that you're in the region and you're to be watched because you're a problem. And that will go that goes on for three years. And lots of things go come whether you, you get reduced time on the internet, you get reduced time uh, watching movies. There's a lot there's so there's different things that punishments that go along with this. And again, you're locked in for three years. So you're gonna have to be really, really good for three years and suck it up in order to move up to the B range. Or if in three years you can build up enough credit, you could go right back up into the A range. So the next one down is the D range. And this is the last one. And this is if you have zero points to 599. This means you are not credit worthy. Not at all. And you get on a national blacklist, which is made public. (laughs) And there are kiosks. Well, it comes up on people's computers. There's kiosks all around town, and your picture will be on it with your record, with your score and your offenses, and shame, shame, shame. And so anybody in public can either, whatever, search you up on the computer, or they can walk by, and they can see you, and much shame for you. You're locked into the D range for five years. And you're going to get visits all the time, probably daily. They can also cancel any of the government funding to you. And they probably will. They're most likely going to cancel all your government funding. So if you, you're going, and you're also going to lose your job, most likely, high, high, high likelihood, you're going to lose your job if you're in the D range and you lose your government funding. So that's, a problem. Also, they will revoke all your titles. So, so if you had a PhD or you a, a bachelor of science or you know, whatever, you had some sort of educational title or any other military title, they will strip it from you. And you're in this for five years. And you're that you're at the bottom. And a lot of people lose their homes. I mean, this is a spiral. That if you get down into the D's you're basically an outcast of society, and it, it takes a lot, a lot, a lot to get back up. Now, there's no sliding scale. Everything's purely objective. And you can go straight from a AAA to a D if you do something egregious enough. Uh, and, and the main thing is being a dissident. I mean, obviously, if you commit a crime, you commit a murder, you're, I mean, you're going to jail. So th- that has nothing to do with... This is just your average daily life. But if you go out and you uh, march against the government or you take up any actions against the government or you're talking bad about the, the government, not only will slide you down probably down to a D, you could get locked up and or d- they'll disappear you if you <laughs> if you catch my drift and I think I think we all I think we all know what that means. Uh, there is no rule of law. You cannot appeal on behalf of yourself. So 
let's say you're walking down the street and you step out into the street early on the crosswalk because the light hasn't gone. They ding you three points. You can't go in and explain that. It's, it is what it is. Too late. The only, the only, um, the only thing that can happen, and I did watch, I saw a video, it was quite interesting, and they followed around a guy for a while, I think for like a week, and so again, everything's tied to your phone, and when you walk up to a business, or you go up to the train station, or you go to the movie, or whatever you do to the store, you hold your phone up, it's a QR code, you hold it up to uh, you know, a reader, and it will go green or red, which means you can obviously enter or not. And this one guy got locked out of everything. And so he was able to go to his local center where they collect all this data and put in an inquiry. And they did pull it all up. And it was because it was a mistake on their end, somebody, some coding problem, they unlocked it and, and he was free to go. But he lost three days of work. And he, I mean, he was locked out of everything. He basically he couldn't get on the internet. He couldn't watch TV. He couldn't go to the store. He couldn't get on the, the, the subway. Nothing. So for three days, he was pretty much locked out until he could get in uh, for an appointment. So that you can't appeal for something like that. But if he, had, if he had walked in and they said, well, no, we have you on camera stepping out into the crosswalk early, there's, there are no excuses. That's just the way it is. And it is basically designed by, according to the government, for coercion and control of the population for the greater good. Where have we heard that before? <laughs> and that's what we're hearing a lot over here, aren't we? Put on your mask, six feet, get the shot, be, you know, wear gloves, don't go outside. Why? greater good. So let's look at some ways that you can gain and lose points. I, I found this to be interesting. I'm not going to go through a whole bunch. You can you can look it up and you can kind of guess. I mean, it's basically every aspect of your life, but some of these I thought were interesting. So some bad ways, some 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 ways that you can lose points. And you can lose points a lot faster than you can gain them. And that's by design. It's by, so you... The pressure is on you to be good and stay good because if you slip up, even in some cases just a little, it can really affect you. So some ways you can lose credit. Let's say you overdraft a credit card. You're going to lose 10 points for that. Uh, let's say you use WeChat, which is the sort of their Facebook over there, or a blog or anything to post negative comments. And it could be negative comments, not, not even about the government. It could just be negative comments about somebody or about something. It could be about the weather. Anything that they don't want any negativity. If you do that and you get caught, minus 50. If it's in a group chat, so more a little more private uh, arena, and they find it because they monitor everything, there is no privacy. Their internet is controlled 100% by the government. If you get caught doing it in a group chat, it's minus 30. 
you evade your taxes <laughs> a whopping of 100 points <laughs> wow so there you go i mean if you did these things you'd be down 150 so you'd be down 190 so you're already in trouble right there now compare and contrast to some of the good things you can do let's say you um Return some lost money. Now, you, you the lost money, if you find some lost money in the ground, you have to return it to your local uh, official, like one of the Communist Party officials, and you get plus 10. So that's nice. If you report illegal conduct, so on your neighbors, uh, where have we heard? Is that getting set up here? Anybody calling the cops on anybody for being outside without a mask? Any? Any stories like that out there you can think of? Anyway, if you report illegal conduct, you can get 10 points. If you help the communist local communist leader gather information, you can get a plus three. And if you help resolve a dispute, like between the neighbors or at a store, let's say somebody's they're getting out of hand and you help resolve it, you can get plus three. So it's all about behavior. The whole thing is designed on basically your behavior and how you behave out in public and in private. This is the this is part of the problem. Uh, they do so this year. They introduced biometric surveillance, which is where they um, <clears throat> when they have the camera on you, they can see through uh, if you're wearing a mask or if you have a hat on. Uh, they have all kinds of this artificial uh, intelligence that basically can see through. It's almost like X-ray. It's basically like X-ray, and they can they can tell. They're looking for your emotion, is what they're looking at. They're looking to see if you're happy. They want to know. They want to know if uh, they make sure you're you're a happy citizen, or at least pretending to be a happy citizen. They have uh, a system called Skynet and Sharp Eyes to keep the population under constant observation. They've started with, and on top of this, and on top of the biometrics and this uh, Skynet and Sharp Eyes, they've started using predictive policing. If uh, <laughs> I think we all saw this in Minority Report, but this is where if they follow, if they if they sense that you are upset or you're angry, or you're acting shady, they will zero in on you and make a call and shadow you, and sometimes they will arrest you if they think that you're, you're going to do something, or you might do something nefarious. So, again, that goes back to if you post bad things on the internet, or you post things about being unhappy, things that aren't up to their standards, you're in trouble uh, with that. Another thing they have is what's called the Great Firewall of China. Uh, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, and Western like email accounts from Western uh, countries have all been blocked. They cannot get to them. If you are a blogger or an influencer over there, you have to have state-approved credentials before you're allowed to publish content and submit it to them. So... You have to submit it to them. They check it out. They give the okay. And then they obviously 
They monitor you over and over and over. The, they're required to have all their public online accounts verified by the Cyberspace Administration using personal information, including your IDs and phone numbers. So they're, if you're on their internet, which is the only internet, I mean, if you, if, so if you try to go around the internet, you're going to jail. That's pretty much it. So not too many of them do that. I, I assume there's some underground network, but for the most part, when you're on the internet, you are on their system and they're watching you all the time. Also included in the system are if, if you have a certain low score, your kids can be banned from school and they can ban you from school, like the best schools. And so then you have to go to the lower school, which obviously part of this whole system is shaming, shaming you into basically being a very, very good citizen. You could also lose your spot. So if you are in the school and you drop down, they can move somebody up and move you out. If you're a parent and you have a bad social credit score, they can deny your kid as well. Also, it's involved in getting jobs. So if you have a low score, you're not going to get a very good job, no matter, doesn't matter what your qualifications are. Uh, hotels, <laughs> this one, this one I thought was sad. I don't, I don't know why, maybe because I love my doggy, but you can, if you have too low of a score, they will come and take your pets. They will confiscate your pets and, um, you will not get them back. So like, uh, if you were out walking your dog without a leash, which would cause a public disturbance or, you know, you didn't pick up after your dog anyway, whatever, if you don't keep them up and keep check on them, they will come and take them. And also the, uh, the bad citizen thing is, is probably the biggest because they will, they will basically put you on blast and put your picture up, and uh, and like I said, you're gonna lose, uh, you're gonna lose your your house. You can lose all kind of stuff. It's it's a really terrible system, obviously. So that's sort of a snapshot look at the Chinese credit score system. You it should give you enough information to give you the gist of it. And if you want to go further down the rabbit hole. It's not hard to do. There's uh, lots of videos on YouTube of people ex ex who have lived it, who ex are explaining it, and a lot of news reports on it. So I recommend you go check those out. How does that affect us? How's that affecting us over here? And how is it getting set up for us? Well, here in America, I can only speak for us here in America because that's where I live and that's uh, the system that I know. I keep tabs on Canada and UK and Ireland as much as I can and a little bit down in Australia because we do have some similarities but what's going on here in the United States because of our laws and because of our constitution thank God and our bill of rights we do have protection from laws however what's happening is this system is being set up by big tech with the permission basically of the government. And I do believe the ultimate goal 
is to break down the laws, have it all set up, and just eventually flip the switch. And then the government's in charge because we're we're not that far away. Obviously, we don't have the cameras, the camera system set up like China does because of our laws. But the technology is there, and it wouldn't take much. It wouldn't take long for them to roll them out. We're getting monitored in other ways. If you go to a sporting event, say they use facial recognition on you, they use it at airports. They they're allowed to monitor our your phone. They're allowed to monitor us in lots of different ways. And big tech is the problem right now. Big tech's the problem. I'm going to put this. It's from the Washington Examiner. It's an article that I found just a couple of days ago. Unbelievable. It's titled Four Hidden Ways Big Tech Platforms Suck Up Your Data. So let's start with, let's go through a little bit of it. I'll put it in the uh, the show notes. I highly recommend you go through and read this thing. But let's start with Facebook. Facebook utilizes a, a program called Off Facebook Activity. And it is a tool that they use for a surveillance system which tracks you even if you're not on Facebook, if it's on your phone, it's on your tablet, if, if you have the Facebook app, you have the uh, Messenger app on your phone or on your computer or on your tablet or whatever, it's tracking you even when you're not on the platform. It's crazy. Uh it says that Facebook's terms and conditions ask developers not to send sensitive health information. Facebook appears to have accepted such data regardless. Several phone apps even send sensitive user data, including health information like how a woman tracks her period and ovulation. All of this to Facebook without the user's consent. So they're tracking you and they're monitoring you and collecting all your data even when you're not on the platform, which is why I'm not on Facebook and why I deleted the entire thing. Google. Google is the most visited website in the United States with billions of users worldwide, and it monitors its users in two major ways, according to the Electronic Frontier Foundation. It gathers user data to build profiles of people using their interests, location, and demographics to let advertisers target particular groups uh, people based on those certain traits. And second, it shares some of its data with advertisers directly and requests them to bid on individual ads. And if you go further down on in here, it talks about how they actually will also share their data with the police using something called Sensor Vault. It says some of Google's user data even makes it into the hands of law enforcement through a database called database called Sensor Vault, which stores detailed user location data indefinitely. Data is so precise that one deputy police chief told EFF that it shows the whole pattern of life. Scary. Uh, let's go uh, let's take a look, real quick look at Amazon. Again, it's a long article. I highly, highly recommend you go in and you read this. Amazon uses an online tracking tool to follow customers' online behavior on other websites even after they leave Amazon. The retail giant does not disclose the name or identity of users to advertisers, but it nevertheless serves users' ads on brands' behalf by leveraging the user's past behavior, often without his or her knowledge. 
The past few months, Amazon has also spied on its workers to track and bust union organization activities and is installing cameras on its trucks with a 360-degree surveillance capability. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then there's uh, there's some ad tracking groups that you I've never heard of. Add this and share this. They uh, they also work together with Facebook, Twitter, and all these other. It's, it, and it talks about how they completely shadow along, track you, gather all your information, store it, sell it, and they they basically have built a huge profile. On you again. It's the article is four hidden ways big tech platforms suck up your data. So we're being tracked. We're being tracked on the internet. We're being tracked by facial recognition at certain, you know, in certain. Uh, if you go to a governmental building, if you go to a lot of times they use them without your even without your knowledge. If you go to a football game, like I said, if you're out in public, they they do this. They're allowed to do it, and so the system is being set up. The system is being set up. Now, right now, obviously, if you go buy something on Amazon, they don't stop you and say, hey, we noticed you were looking at you know XYZ whatever website, and we don't approve of that. But it's, it's not far away. And as we know, the totalitarian rule, the reign that the governments are, are putting down on us right now just – you know, with the excuse of COVID, this is the ultimate goal. This is the ultimate goal is to break through that wall here in the U.S. and around the world and put everybody on this serfdom system where they're going to track us, they're going to monitor us, they're going to grade us, and it's, it's going to be nightmarish, super nice. It's going to, it's going to be awful. We track where you drive, how many, how many miles that you that you use, you know how how fast you went, and if you're bad, you can't go buy gas. Uh, it, like in China, they'll shut down your internet, they'll shut off your TV, they will. It, it's. Do you see it? Can can you see it? Do I? I don't think I need to go on. I, I think the picture, pretty, pretty clear. All right. <sighs> So I'm going to put a, a put a little bow on that one and go into some cryptocurrencies, some digital currency real quick. And then we'll get caught up on some interesting stories, I think, that are going on around the COVID world and the craziness that continues there. But uh, I got to ask a question a while back, what my view on cryptocurrency, digital currency was. And there's a difference. Digital currency is what's coming. Digital currency is what China just introduced a digital yen. The United States is working on a digital dollar and euros working on being so they're going to digit they want to digitize the currency of your country. And then eventually it will all just flip and it'll just be one world currency. Because that's what they're that's where we're headed. So that's different. Digital currency is something that the government will issue. It's something that they will track. And so there will be no cash. Cash will basically be outlawed. And everything will go through this grid system to where they know 
every time you spend money, anytime you get money, it will all have to be exchanged on their platform and it will be monitored. So when you get paid for work, it goes right in. When you you go to the store, it gets deducted and so on. That's digital currency. And digital currency, I'm not down with. I don't like it because, again, it's Orwellian. It's Big Brother. They're going to control it. And, and, and they can just make it disappear. If you're not a really good citizen, they just start deducting it out of your account. So I don't like that. You can't store your own digital currency in a safe, right, or carry it in your wallet or put it in mason jars and <laughs> bury it you know, out in the garden. That's not going to happen. Cryptocurrency is something completely different. Cryptocurrency is, yes, digital and or it's virtual, but it is not done through a central bank. It's not done. It's not through the government. It's basically a, a form of digital asset based on a network that is distributed across a large number of computers. This uh, decentralized structure allows them to exist outside the control of governments and central authorities. That's the key right there. It will exist outside the control of governments and central authorities. The word cryptocurrency is derived from the encryption techniques which are used to secure the network. I'm sure you've all heard of Bitcoin. And Bitcoin is the most popular, it's the, the, the most notable of all cryptocurrencies. I own what's I own Satoshi's. So I don't own a, I don't own a singular Bitcoin. I got in too late. I, I could tell you a really really sad story about how I should have gotten in when Bitcoin was about oh I don't know maybe a hundred bucks a Bitcoin or less. And I had some friends who were computer geeks who talked me out of it and said it was going nowhere. <laughs> I would be a multi multi millionaire had I done that. But I didn't, so I got in later. So I don't, because uh, I think currently bit, a bit a single Bitcoin right now is worth around fifty five, fifty six thousand dollars. But you can buy partial Bitcoins, sort of like cents, but they're called satoshis. I own satoshis. Now, it's volatile. It's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed by the FDIC. However, if you use a platform like Coinbase, if you open up an account with Coinbase or Gemini or something like that, they do, uh, they do protect you again in, in, in some small form. So if they get hacked and all of your stuff disappears, I believe they back up most of it or a good percentage of it. So there's some safety there. Or what most people do is you buy Bitcoin and you put it on a ledger. So you, it's an encryption that goes into a ledger that you can buy. It's a coded ledger, and you put your ledger in a safe or you put it somewhere important. And remember the password. I can't tell you how many stories I've read of people who have massive amounts of money on a ledger that they bought you know, Bitcoin or Ethereum or Cardano or whatever, and they have it on there, and they've forgotten the password, and they're down to one or two tries. And if they don't get it right, it's going to self-destruct. So, <laughs> so write it down and put it several different places. <laughs> I'm a big believer in cryptocurrency. I think cryptocurrency is the wave of the future. I do think it is going to 
It has the potential to be bigger than any digital currency that the government will put out. They can't monitor or track it. If you just uh, search up businesses that accept Bitcoin or that accept cryptocurrency, it's growing leaps and bounds. You have Michael Saylor and you have Elon Musk who have just pumped in billions into uh, cryptocurrency. It's gaining a lot of attraction, a lot of attention. I'm big on it. it. You have to be smart, right? It's just like any other investing. Don't put it. Don't put your life savings into it. Don't hawk your house and put it into it. But dollar cost average. That's you know that's a smart way to do it. Get in with what you're comfortable with. You add as you go. Here's an example. I was looking at uh, a site the other day that it was a tracking site. And if here in the United States, when we got our very first stimulus check, which I believe was $1,200, if you had put your $1,200 into Bitcoin at that time, and what was that? That was uh, not even a year ago, What nine months, maybe nine or 10 months ago. If you had put that straight into the uh, and bought Bitcoin with that, it'd be worth almost ten thousand dollars right now. It's a pretty good return. And if you own, I also read another article. Now again, I'm not giving financial advice. I'm not telling you what to do, and I'm not guaranteeing any of this. I'm just telling you what's going on out there. I do track it daily because I have an account through Coinbase. I own several cryptocurrencies and I watch them. And there are lots of good YouTubers who give great advice on cryptocurrency. If you're interested in that kind of thing, shoot me an email down the RH at protonmail.com and I'll be glad to send you some links to these guys because there are some really smart people on the internet who have helped me and I think they would help you, help you understand and uh, sort of get you up to date on the game as they say. But uh, if you own 0.01 Bitcoin, and right now that would be worth about five or $600. So if you put five, five or $600 in and you, you have 0.01 Bitcoin, the estimated value of that Bitcoin, if you just put it in there, forget it, let it ride, the estimated value of that is between 10 and 15 years from now, it could potentially be worth between $800,000 and $1 million. You heard me right. Again, no guarantees. Bitcoin goes up and it goes down. But Bitcoin is a limited commodity. They are only making so many. A lot of the other cryptocurrencies, they put plenty out a year. They make new ones. And so they're... They, they don't go up as far in volume. There's a limited amount of Bitcoin. When it's gone, it's gone. And so if you can own some Bitcoin, I highly recommend it. So I hope that helped a little bit. I didn't want to get too deep into it because it's kind. Of, it can kind of get really geeky. But uh, like if you get into what is a blockchain, what actually is Bitcoin, uh, if you're interested in that, again, hit me up down the RH at protonmail.com and I can help you a little more with that on a sidebar note. But again, open yourself up an account on Coinbase or Gemini 
or one of, one of the several you know cryptocurrency uh, systems where you can purchase cryptocurrency and just if you got an extra five ten bucks extra 20 bucks whatever just throw it in there it just throw it in there buy your, and it will add up over time dollar cost average you know once a week every time you get paid whatever it will pay off for you in the long run i guarantee it that i can't guarantee well no i can't <laughs> I'm not guaranteeing anything because then you could come and ask me for money should it completely tank and go through the roof or go through the floor. So I'm not going to do that. All right. Before we get on out of here, I have uh, I have some some stories and I'll put these in. I'll put these links in the show notes. Just some weird things, and then I got to hang on because I have something that you you mu- this is this hang on. What I have is a must here. Okay, regarding the vaccine. All right, first of all, I thought this was interesting. Spotify is now censoring song lyrics that contain quote misinformation. So we, you know, we've talked about the, the the tech giants coming down and censoring everything. Well, now Spotify is censoring song lyrics that contain misinformation. Again, who determines this stuff? Who <laughs> it. Now we're into we're into songs. Like wh- wh- what happened to free expression? That is bizarre. Talk about some censorship. Uh, this was weird. <laughs> journalist headline: Journalist proclaimed she would quote love to die from the AstraZeneca vaccine if it helps others. Now AstraZeneca vaccine has currently, as this broadcast is going out, been banned, halted, shut down in. Over, I think it's 15 countries and rising daily. Just two days ago, it was nine. Now it's up to 15. All kind of problems with blood clots. Given the shot, people are getting blood clots, having all kind of problems, heart attacks, going to the brain, massive problems. Well, this Norwegian journalist claimed that she would love to die from the uh, AstraZeneca vaccine if it meant that other people in Europe were not discouraged from taking it. Okay, good luck with that. That'll be a line of one. One. That would be her. Proof that we're not ever going back to normal. P&O Cruises say vaccinated customers will still have to wear masks and social distance. Why? If you have, if you supposedly have a vaccine, which it's not, it's gene therapy, even by their own admission, it's in their documents, it's not a vaccine. But... Even if you have it and you go on a cruise, you're going to have to wear masks and social distance. Sounds like a great, fun cruise to me. Uh, Let's see. Oh, Professor Warren's post-corona society is a, quote, national obedience contest. This goes right into the beginning of of our program. That's right. Norwegian psychology professor Charlotte Reeds warns that our post-corona society has turned into a national obedience contest that will have a devastating effect on mental health for years to come. You think? Yeah, because they've scared everybody half to death. They turn neighbor against neighbor, family member against family member. Everybody's freaked out for no, absolutely no reason. I'm going to put this in. This is uh, this freaked me out. This is from the World Economic Forum. It's called the, the smart face mask, and it tells you. So it's it's hooked up to your phone. It's a it's a face mask 
that monitors your breathing, tells you when you have too much carbon monoxide in it. It tells you when you need to wash it. It tells you if you have it on properly. It's uh, basically a, a, it's from Breathe Tech IO. It's freaky. It's the Breathe Tech S3. And of course, it's sustainable and it includes biodegradable and recyclable co components. It's a video. I want you to watch it. It's creepy. It's Leave it to the World Economic Forum to be as creepy as possible. And this. This was a study. This is also on the World Economic Forum page. Watching TV can boost your mental health during lockdowns, study says. Whilst many of us will be watching more TV during COVID-19 pandemic, studies have shown these programs may be good for our mental health. While binge watching is not recommended, TV shows that make us laugh or feel positive emotions can counteract negative feelings. Finding ways to stay positive and happy is vital, right to psychologists. All right. All I can say is if you have not read the book Amusing Ourselves to Death by Neil Postman, you have to. Watching TV does not boost your mental health. If anything, it rots your brain right out. While you're sitting there on the couch vegging out, and I go, look, I watch TV here and there. I'm not anti-TV watching. But what they're saying in this study is, hey, while you're stuck inside, just laze around, watch TV, eat some ice cream, hang out. It's gonna, it's gonna help your mental health. No, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. Do you see what these people are doing to us? It, it we have to wake up to this stuff. It is it's crazy. All right, here's for the big news, and I'll end with this, and I can't stress enough how you need to click on this link, you need to read this paper, you need to share this paper, because there are all kind of problems with the vaccines, all of them, whether it's Pfizer, Moderna, and they're the worst. Pfizer, Moderna, and AstraZeneca are the worst. The worst. They're mRNAs. They're messing with your DNA. In fact, I didn't play this last time. I'm going to play this real quick. This is Mark Zuckerberg talking about, this is him caught on tape talking to his staff about uh, them taking the vaccine. Check this out real quick. But I, I do just want to make sure that... Um I, I share some caution on this because um, we just don't know the long-term side effects of, of basically modifying people's um, DNA and RNA to, um, to directly encode in a person's DNA and, and RNA basically the ability to, um, to, to produce uh, those antibodies and whether that causes other mutations or other risks down, um, downstream. So. so there you go. Mark Zuckerberg is worried. Mark Zuckerberg who has the inside track and the inside skinny on all this stuff, he's not sure about the long-term effects of messing with your DNA. So, and, and that's what mRNA is. It is messing with, it is coding into your DNA. And if you look at their own paperwork, in there it does says nothing about it being a vaccine or stopping COVID. It says it is gene therapy. Now, if for some reason, and you don't need my permission, but I've been going down the rabbit hole on this stuff. I could do show after show on this stuff. I just don't want to bore you guys. 
But if you have to take a vaccine, I can only, I can, and barely, but I barely recommend the Johnson and Johnson one. The Johnson and Johnson vaccine, the reason why they have come out and said, well, it's not nearly as effective and so because it's an actual vaccine. And it really hasn't. We're still the guinea pigs. Yes, we're still be it's still being tested on everybody because they, they, they the trials did not go long enough. My only my biggest objection objection to it is we still don't know enough about it. And B, on a moral level, I have a problem with the fact that it uses aborted fetal tissue. And and even the Catholic Church came out and said, no, nah, don't take it. So if you don't have a problem with that, then and you have to take a vaccine, take the Johnson & Johnson. Leave the other ones behind. All right, here's the big news. Geert Vanden Bosch, Bosch is a... Uh, Independent virologist, a vaccine expert, formerly employed by Gavi and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and several other, I mean, he's basically an expert on vaccines. He's created vaccines, and he gave a keynote speech just the other day, and you're not hearing a word about it, but and I think it was in Ohio, and it was about vaccines. And he has written a paper, he's written an open letter to the WHO, and he's sending it to all the leaders of the world, and you have to read this thing. Headline on it is, we must halt the ongoing COVID-19 mass vaccination campaigns as a temporary health benefit to the most vulnerable groups. It does not justify a public health disaster of international concern. Quote, as I merely seek to provide enough of compelling scientific proof for sounding this warning bell, I will not deal with relevant matters as exhaustively as I would normally do. Clearly, the upcoming manuscript is not meant to be submitted to a scientific peer-reviewed journal, but to explain the scientific rationale behind my cry of distress, an urgent wake-up call. May they, for God's sake, draw the world's attention to what I think is now likely to become the biggest and most tragic mistake made in the history of public health in general and in the field of vaccination in particular. So, and it goes on. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I want you to read it. Again, hey, it's one man's opinion, but if you look at his qualifications and if you look at who he's worked with, and he's sounding the alarm on these things. He knows vaccines. I looked him up. I look. I, you you should too. You should dig into who this guy is. He's not just some slouch. He just gave the keynote address, and this is what he he basically is sounding the alarm on these so-called vaccines. Basically, in a nutshell, what he's saying is is. All they're doing is they're going to, because they are not a vaccine, they're not solving any problems, and they're going to create a super virus. So we've already heard about COVID, what, COVID-21, COVID-22. Bill Gates is out there saying, oh, yeah, man, the next one, the next one's going to be even worse. And he's basically what this doctor is saying, what Geert Vandenbosch is saying is, these vaccines are actually creating the next one. And when it attacks the body, it's going to be a nightmare. It's going to be a disaster. It is unbelievable. And you really need to read this. You need to study it. You need to check it out. And then you need to spread it around if you buy into it. I do.
I looked into it. This guy's completely legit. And uh, it's interesting because if you if you Google if you Google his name right now, and I don't normally use Google, but I did it just for this exercise. Again, page after page of why Geert van den Bosch is wrong, what he got wrong about his paper, why it, he's you know again he's crazy, right? As soon as somebody comes out with this stuff, they're crazy. But I have he- I've heard doctor after doctor after doctor sounding the alarm on this stuff healthcare workers won't get it it is not a vaccine and and i i'm not anti-vaxxer i don't i don't i i've been vaccinated with for the measles and the mumps and all the normal stuff but this is not a vaccine and the way they rushed it out the way they did not test it we're the guinea pigs and it's got problem after problem, and the mainstream media won't cover it. It's it's happening all over the world. There is a major problem going on here, and I'm imploring you not to take the mRNA vaccine. Do your research. Read this study. I'll put it in the links. Last thing real quick. I saw it just before I came on. I think it's Pfizer or Moderna, one of the, one of the two of the mRNAs, just announced that they're going to start testing vaccines on kids, young kids from like infant up to like eight years old. Why? Why? They don't get the COVID. They do not get the COVID. Why? Why would we be injecting kids? Ask yourself that. All right. My time is up. Hey, thanks so much for spending it with me. Uh, we'll, I'll be back on Sunday with Brandon, and we're gonna go. We're gonna take a deep dive into CERN. If you have never heard of that, uh, I think you'll want to. It is, uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a crazy thing that they've got going on over there, smashing atoms supposedly. Anyway, we'll be looking into that. Email me or us at down the rh at protonmail.com. Love to hear from you. And uh, have a great rest of the week. Stay safe, everybody. Stay sane. Stay centered. Stay grounded. See you Sunday.